have um, guests with us again. Dr. Daniel Ketchum and his wife Carol are here. They are going to minister to us this evening or help us worship, help us be ministered to this evening. Would you welcome them again? They have family members who are here from Alaska, and you thought that you drove a long way to come to school. I want to start the time this evening with a prayer. Uh, it's a relatively new song, so I'm going to kind of watch for body language and mouth movement and see where we are on that in order to, to get through. Maybe seated. I was 21 third year in Nazarene University, walking across campus on a Tuesday, beautiful spring day in May, noticed a group of students over under a tree, and that was unusual even for a Nazarene campus, because it appeared that they were getting ready to pray. I had a decision to make. Do I go to class? Do I join my friends? I joined my friends. I don't necessarily recommend that to you, especially because there are faculty and professors in the room. But it was one of the best decisions I made. In fact, they did join hands as I arrived there in that little circle. And just as we started to pray, a friend close to me on campus uh, tapped me on the shoulder and said, Daniel, I, I need to talk to you a moment. So I slipped away from the group and Phil said, you know, just a few weeks ago I was born again. But since then, my life has been up and down, on and off, hot and cold. It's like a roller coaster, Daniel. And quite honestly, if this is what Christianity is like, I'm not sure I can keep going this way. Can you help me? And I said, Phil, I think maybe you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, well, I don't know anything about that. But will you pray with me? If this is something that God has provided and Jesus wants for me, then, then I want him to do whatever he wants to do in my life. And I started to pray for Phil. And the Holy Spirit said, Daniel, you have no business praying for somebody about the fullness with the Holy Spirit until you ask me to cleanse your heart, purify you through and through, and fill you with the Holy Spirit. You ever been there? And I realized that I was totally out of touch with what Phil was praying and totally in touch with what God was doing in me. And I also realized that I was admitting to him sensual lust, selfish ambition, arrogant pride. And I realized that those were not so much sins, actions. They were a part of me. That was my character. That was my nature. And I was crying out to God in desperation. Open my blind eyes. And 
that day, I asked God to cleanse my heart, to purify me through and through, and to fill me with his Holy Spirit. Now, later I found out that Phil was praying the same way, with a whole lot less information than I had, because he was a brand new Christian. But that day it was like God encompassed me, encased me, surrounded me, and filled me with love like I had never known before. Love for Jesus. A love for my brothers and my friends on that campus. Something had changed. And has every moment since then been like that? No. Have I sinned in action since then? Yes. Was the Holy Spirit faithful to me to say, Daniel, you made a lifelong commitment to me, and I am talking to you about this disobedience. And Lord, you are right. I am wrong. I turn away from that sinful action. I refuse to make another decision. I have chosen you for the rest of my life. Is it possible to live without sinning? I believe it's possible to be set free from sin. I believe that it's possible to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that it is possible to so walk in the light as he is in the light, that we have fellowship with him and with one another. And the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ, purifies us, continually cleanses us from all sin. I believe that. I also believe that I am still human. I also believe that God has entrusted me for the rest of this earthly journey with a will. And occasionally, I have chosen to disobey. And instantly, the Holy Spirit has said, but Daniel, and I have said, yes, Lord, you are right, and I am wrong. The message that I share with you during these few precious remaining minutes tonight is honestly a message for those who deeply desire to be set free. You've had enough of bondage, and you deeply desire to walk with Jesus much more intimately, closely, deeply, and for the rest of your life, you want to be holy. This message is also for those who, quite honestly, are disintegrating, falling apart, unfulfilled, crippled faith, driven with fear, doubt. You're, you're gripped in selfish ambition, 
some of you in sensual lust, others in arrogant pride. And this evening is for you. I want to share with you tonight how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Carol and I will be back in about a month for a prayer summit in this very room, as I understand it. And some of you will be with us. I went away for my first prayer summit in 1990. And when I came back, Carol was singing. She was writing songs. I want you to hear a song tonight that's one of her newest melodies into the heart of the Father because it is a song about desperation for the presence of God, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, freedom from sin. And you can walk away from this place tonight confident that God has set you free, drawn your heart close to Jesus, and started you on that journey to be more and more like Christ in holiness. The song is titled, Call Us Back. It's a prayer. Would you listen?
So Philip asked, Daniel, where do I begin? Where do you begin? The first step is to be sure that God has forgiven our sins. And so, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And... God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How long has it been since you heard the heartbeat of God? If you were to put your ear to the heart of the Father, here is what you would hear. None all, none all, none all, none to perish, all to repent. That's the heartbeat of God. We begin in confessing and repenting and even as we draw closer and deeper in Christ we retain well-oiled confessing and repenting in order that in our humanity we learn to walk in the spirit confessing agreeing that I am wrong wrong God is right Repenting, actually changing my mind. He transforms me. Philip, that's where this begins. May I ask you a question? Are you sure that God has forgiven your sins because you have confessed and repented? And then, secondly, we agree that God wants us to be holy. Would you open your Bibles with me, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul's letter to the church at Thessaloniki. We've been there actually several times. We were responsible for that part of the world in southeastern Europe. Uh, Thessaloniki, Thessalonica, maybe some of you pronounce it Thessalonica. Uh, that city was then the capital of Macedonia. Now, Macedonia is actually located as a nation north of Greece. But you know how political boundaries and geography change. Paul is writing to the church there. The book of Acts, chapter 17, it says that he was there for three weeks among these very believers. 
He begins in chapter 1 talking about the love of God, the care of God for us. And in fact, chapters 1, 2, and 3 speak about God's care. When he comes to chapter 4, there is a call for God, from God for us. That is a call for us to be holy. And the word to be holy is the same as the word to be sanctified. They are the same words. To be holy is to be sanctified. To be sanctified is to be holy. God's call, as you see in chapter 4, is for us to be holy. Verse 3, it is God's will that you should be holy, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable and so not impure, but to live a holy life. Verse 7, God wants us to be holy. Now, this is certainly not the only scripture in Old and New Testament. In Leviticus chapter 9, we see the same call from God back in the Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 19, God's call for us to be holy. Chapter 20, chapter 21, over and over, God calls his people to be holy. He wants us to be holy. Listen to the prayer of Jesus. I love passages of Jesus, but I especially love the prayers of Jesus. Here we have Jesus actually communing with his Father, and in John chapter 17, Jesus prays for his disciples. Father, sanctify them or make them holy. Sanctify them through the truth, Lord. Your word is truth. And for them I sanctify myself in order that they too might be truly holy, truly sanctified. Jesus prays that you will be sanctified, holy. May I ask you, do you agree that it is God's will that everyone should be holy? It's not only a commandment. It's a compassion of his heart. And, th and there's something about sins that drive us in guilt. But there's something about taking this next step into deep-hearted intimacy, integrity, entirety with God that is not a driven guilt, but is a drawing passion. Don't expect to enter holiness because you're driven by guilt. Expect to enter this deep-hearted relationship with Jesus Christ because you're drawn by love. And tonight he draws you. He calls you. Jesus prays, Father, make this one holy. Father, sanctify this one. It is God's will. Several years ago, I was teaching and preaching at European Nazarene College in Busingen, Switzerland. Anybody been there? It's a beautiful little spot. I've always wondered why God didn't call us to live there for a while. <laughs> it was a conference on leadership and holiness. In the first evening service, Stefan Tibi arrived. He was from a Catholic university, and there in that Catholic university, as he was studying the Bible, he had grown hungry for holiness. He heard that there was a holiness conference in this college, 
and he came. After the service, he came and introduced himself to me. He said, Daniel, do you have time to talk to me about what the Bible teaches about how to be holy and how we can actually be filled with the Holy Spirit? Stefan, I've got all the time you need tonight. He did not pray that night after we shared for a couple of hours, but he was definitely hungry. And I said, Stefan, I'm preaching tomorrow morning about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you testify? He said, testify about what? Testify about your hunger. Share with the rest of these people where you are in your journey, that you are searching out of a Catholic background. He actually had intended to be a monk, and he was hungry for holiness. Well, long story short, we had the privilege of leading him because that part of the, the world where he lived in Switzerland and France were our responsibility at that time. So we saw him frequently, then met his fiancée, Sandra, who herself had planned to be a nun. God brought them together. I said, you need to attend Nazarene Theological Seminary. We helped get him a, a, a scholarship to NTS and... While he was there, we fellowshiped in their home, invited them to ours, and today their missionaries are in Rwanda, Africa. We were there with them recently. And they're creating for the Church of the Nazarene now. Out of the filling with the Holy Spirit, the passion for Jesus Christ, they're creating a graphic Bible. I don't know if you've heard the name Stefan Tibi, but watch for it, because he is creating not only for Africa, but for the world and for people who cannot read a graphic Bible so that they can look at pictures and begin to understand the whole Word of God. He even has the articles of faith in graphics. I'd love to show it to you sometime. Actually, I've got it on a screen and could show it to you later if you wanted to see it. Stefan Tibi has been filled with the Holy Spirit, but it started in hunger. He believed that it was God's will. Step number three, Philip Here's the third step. You need to actually ask God to purify you. Oh, well, why? Because quite honestly, we are impure. We are born, turned inward, selfishly motivated, unclean, slaves to sin, born with a sinful nature, double-minded. There is a civil war raging within us that eventually pushes against the heart of God. Do you know that? Do you know that resistance? Have you known that rejection of God's purpose for you? And so we ask God to purify us. Genesis chapter 6, God said, their hearts are always inclined to evil, continually. God's heart was grieved in Genesis chapter 6. Friend, every one of us has inherited from Adam and Eve through the entire human race a nature now that is set against the will of God, the heart of Jesus. And he wants us to, to be set apart with him. You remember the story of King David in the spring of the year when armies went off to war. He was walking on his rooftop. He'd sent the armies out, stayed back at the palace. And one day he watched a woman bathing. Now, gentlemen, 
There are some times when we cannot help what we see. But there's a big difference between glancing and gazing. Even Wesley taught his eyes to flutter like this in the face of sin, in the face of temptation, in order to get his mind riveted back on Jesus. David's eyes only fluttered toward Bathsheba. He gazed at her and only glanced at God to see if God was watching. He got it wrong. You've got to gaze at God. And when you glance at your problems, you gaze at God's heart again. Oh, you know the rest of the story. He invited Bathsheba to his palace, impregnated her, then brought her husband Uriah home from the battlefront, tried to convince him to get involved with his own wife, which Uriah was unwilling to do. And then David sent him back to the front lines and said, make plans to take him out. Now David was guilty not only of hot-blooded adultery, but of cold-blooded murder. And God sent a prophet, a humble prophet, and he confronted David and said, David, this is your life. And David wrote Psalm 51. Open your Bible to that passage with me, will you please? Psalm 51 is David's response to the heart of God reaching to David in love. Have mercy on me, O God, David cries out. According to your unfailing love, there it is. This is not drivenness by guilt. This is drawn by the love and the compassion of God. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. My transgressions and my sin. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I have been a sinner from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. There it is. And now listen to verse 10. Oh God, create in me a pure heart, a clean heart, oh God. And don't cast your Holy Spirit from me. Don't take me from your presence, Lord. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Have you ever been there? Have you ever prayed that? Have you asked God to purify you through and through? Turn with me now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It is God's will that we should be holy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you, make you holy through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful. And he will do it. He will do what? He will make you holy. You say, Daniel, I am not at peace with myself, I am not at peace with God, and I am not at peace with several other people in my life, then this message is for you. May God himself, the God of Shalom, bring you to peace. He'll do this by sanctifying, purifying, 
setting you apart from sin and setting you apart to himself. He'll do this through and through. Entirely. Entirety would be another great single word for what the Word of God teaches. Integrity. Entirety. Great synonyms for what the Word of God teaches about being holy, being totally His, through and through, spirit, soul, and body. You have a body. Seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, smelling, five senses. Brain and nervous system, cardiovascular, pulmonary, digestive elimination, muscular, skeletal, sexual cleansing, organs, immune system, all of the rest of your physical being. But you're more than body. You have a soul, will, mind, emotions, your heart. But you're more than body and soul. You have a spirit. Your spirit is your worship center. On what is your worship center focused? What is the core of your worship? Your worship center, your spirit. It's the place where you intimately can commune with God. Do you? Are you hungry for that? Do you long for that? It's a place where you truly care about other people, not just emotionally, but spiritually. You have a deep, high regard for other people. You love. You care. There's compassion because it's the nature of Jesus in your spirit. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, he's coming soon. He wants us to be holy. In fact, the Word of God says in Hebrews that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That can mean one of two things, and maybe both. It can mean that unless we are pure and cleansed, sanctified, holy, we'll never see Jesus. And it can also mean that if we are not holy, it's possible that people will not see Jesus in us without holiness. No one will see the Lord. God wants a holy people, and he wants us to cry out, God, would you please purify me through and through. Are you finished with the tug of war, the civil war? Have you asked God to purify you? And then, God, set me free from my sinful nature. Jesus says in John chapter 8, if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. Lock on to that promise. In Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 8, Paul writes richly about the possibilities and the privilege and the power to be set free from sinning and from sin. Read it for yourself again. May I ask you, have you appealed to God, set me free from this slavery to sin? Once I was bound by sin's galling fetters, chained like a slave, I struggled in vain. But I received a glorious freedom when Jesus broke my fetters in twain. Glorious freedom. 
wonderful freedom. No more in chains of sin I repine. Jesus, the glorious emancipator, now and forever, he shall be mine. Hallelujah. Appeal to God. Set me free. And watch him answer that heart cry. Affirm your consecration. Lord, I give myself to you completely. Spirit, soul, and body. Sanctify me through and through. Read again Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 12. Lord, I give myself to you. Have you ever consecrated yourself completely to God? Like a full dedication for the rest of your life. And then accept the Holy Spirit in fullness by faith. How many of you are parents? You've got kids? Wonderful. Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, if you are parents, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Well, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask him. Holy Spirit, I am asking you tonight, purify my heart. Set me free from sin. Here, I give my whole self to you for the rest of my life. Teach me how to live in that kind of depth of entirety and integrity, O oh God. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. One of the last times we drove into Kosovo, Kosovo, we found a group of former Muslims, all under the age of 25. We'd been there many times. The power went off in the room where we met. There were about 30 of them that night. Power went off and we lit three candles. I shared with them from the scripture, brand new Christians, how to be cleansed from sin and filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I said, here in the semi-darkness candle-lit room, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight, I invite you to just kind of make your way to the center of this circle. Uh, the, it was a tiny room, 30 people shoulder to shoulder, a little NCM center, English second language computer lab on the ground floor. That was our front in this Muslim culture, but upstairs in a little upper room where that night 15 of those came and I laid my hands on them and we prayed that they might be, in fact, cleansed and purified from sin and filled with the Holy Spirit. Today we have more than 100 former Muslims in Kosovo, and I know at least 15 of them who are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Three of them have been called to pastor, to be pastors in the Church of the Nazarene. One of their dads said, if you become a pastor in the Church of the Nazarene, I will kill you. Friend, you don't have that kind of persecution and that kind of pressure tonight. And so what would, what would hold you back? Uh, what would keep you from saying, God, I agree you want me to be holy. And tonight I am asking you on the authority of your word to purify my heart. Because quite honestly, I am impure. I am unclean. I am just as dirty as David. 
And God, I am torn. There is this war struggling in me, and I am asking you to set me free from this slavery to sin. I am offering myself to you completely, Lord. And tonight, I am receiving your cleansing through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, poured out on Calvary. And I am receiving the fullness with your Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, we believe that this is your word. We believe this is true. We hear about this in class. We hear about this in chapel. But there are some here tonight, Lord, who are still struggling with sensual lust, selfish ambition, arrogant pride, who are driven, driven, bound. And tonight, by your Holy Spirit and your love, you draw us. It's not about guilt because you've already forgiven our sins. It's about realizing that we, that we are like David and we say, oh God, I realize that there is a sinful nature. I was born with this kind of sinful desire. Lord, I'm asking you to set me free. Let all bondage go. Let deliverance through Jesus Christ flow tonight in me. Deliver me. Set me free. And fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. I ask you to do this. If you'd like to pray that kind of a prayer, we're not going to sing. I'm not going to ask you to stand. If you'd like to pray that kind of a prayer, I'd like to just invite you to come and kneel here tonight. And we'll kneel with you. We'll, we'll pray with you. But if quite honestly you find yourself in a place of hunger, like Stefan Tibi, you say, oh, teach me. Word of God, Spirit of God, teach me more. Take me in this way, in the way of entirety and integrity. If that's you and you're hungry, then I'm inviting you. Come and kneel with us here, would you? Just step out from where you are. Stand up, step out, and come and kneel here and say, Lord, here's my life. Give myself to you. This is your word, Father. And the promise of your word is that you who call us are faithful, and you will do this. You'll make me holy. So here I am. Here I am. Unclean, undone. A leper. A pauper. Unclean. And I'm asking you, God, purify me. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through and through. Make me whole. Put my disintegrating being together again. Integrate me, Lord. Make me a person of integrity and entirety for the rest of my life. Thank you, Father.
I'd like to invite others to come and pray with us here tonight. There's so many songs we could sing, and perhaps in the next few moments we'll sing some of those about the Holy Spirit. But tonight I simply wanted to invite you to respond to the Word of God and the prompting of the Spirit. Now some of you need to go. I, I understand we're late. And so whenever you need to go, please feel free to go on to your class or other responsibilities this evening. But if you can stay and pray with us for a while, I invite you to do that. And let's enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit here in this place. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.